Hey guys, just a quick note that we're looking for another sponsor for the podcast. So if you want to reach thousands of NC State fans each week, reach out to me at redandwhitepodcast at gmail.com. As always, thanks for listening. Go pack. I was raised by the wolves. I was raised by the wolves. I was raised by the wolves. All right, folks, we are back with another edition of the Red White Podcast. The season is over. We made it. We made it. How are you feeling? It's not over because we're going to get a bowl game, most likely, unless they all get canceled because of the portal. But how are you feeling, Will? Oh, you know. Back when eight and four. I feel alive again. I feel, you know, I feel like I can get my hopes up. Probably to only be crushed in a bowl game. But, uh, yeah, it feels good. Um, I'm a little nervous today because this is like the when the transfer portal news will start leaking out for state, most likely. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see who goes and who leaves. You know, we've already got walk-ons saying they're going into the portal, you know. <laughs> so Yeah. It's only time before someone of significant name probably enters in there. Um, but we'll see. Who are you hinting but, at, Will? Who oh, are you hinting not at? hinting at anyone, but right, but just, you know. It just makes sense, right? I mean, there's probably a couple of dudes who will see what they can get. Um, but who knows, man? We got that new NIL announcement uh, for the football team. So maybe that'll kind of stave off some people leaving. And uh, I don't know, man. I just watched that game again. And it's just so nice to see us beat UNC. Oh, it feels so good. Yeah, it. it <laughs> I was thinking about this. I That week of the UNC game... I was over it, man. I was ready for football to be over. I was just, I was not feeling it. It's amazing what one win will do for you. Like I, now I'm sitting here thinking, damn, football's over. <laughs> like I don't want it to be over. Like it, I don't know. It was just a roller coaster. I guess it was just exhausting. Oof. Man, the final seven minutes of that game, I was a uh, nervous wreck in the house and uh, was told to go downstairs to the basement because I was upsetting the vibe. <laughs> upsetting the vibe. Yeah. I was at my in-laws and my brother-in-law was, was teasing me and I was just, just trying to do my best to ignore everybody <laughs> and watch this game. Yeah. Oh. It's always good when you're like, Oh man, I'm a few late to turn a few minutes late to turning on the game and you turn it on and, we were, and we're up seven, nothing already. And you're like, yeah. oh, well, that's good. I just kept saying in the chat, I wanted us to be up two scores. I would feel okay if we were up two scores and we just, we were up for a while and then we just couldn't get back to two score lead. And despite only scoring seven points in the second half, they ended up winning. What I know we talked about a lot of this on the space already. What did you feel? How did you feel about Ben Finley's performance? Yeah, I thought it was great. I wish they didn't take him out in that, uh, that third down run. (laughs) For no reason. I, I I was just very perplexed at that point. Um, it's not like it was a goal line call or anything like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, he kind of did like what you'd expect, right? Like, I mean, he came out like a firecracker against UNC two years ago, right? And um, and fizzled out when he ran out of playbook to run with. And, you know, so as the game was going on, I kept thinking like, damn, how much of the playbook can he really have in his head right now? And uh, plenty, apparently. <laughs> And uh, yeah, I mean, he looked 
I thought he looked relatively poised. It's funny, like watching back and people were like, oh, look at this like mistake he made here or there. It's like, dude, he's a four string quarterback. You can't really be judging him for skipping one pass to a, yeah. to a wide receiver's feet. Right. You know, or making one bad read. So, you know, I mean, he played with fire just enough. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's just what you expect. Like when when Tim Beck would say, like coming into spring games or out of them, that he's like really intuitive, but has some stuff to work on. Like I, you can see it in that game. Like he knows where to get the ball most of the time. And then it's just like, what's his arm going to allow? I mean, it helped. He was playing one of the worst defenses we were going to play all year. So <laughs> Philly went 27 for 40, 271, two touchdowns, seven yards per attempt. Pretty good. Kind of, yeah. I mean, I'd like to, you know, in general, you want to be in that eight yard per attempt range. So yeah, I mean, well, like I said, like it was pretty good. Uh, and who knows? A couple of plays here and there where guys got turf monstered. You know, he would have had some better numbers. On the other side of it, Drake May was 29 for 49, 233, 4.8 yards per attempt, one touchdown, one interception. Somehow Ben Finley's got his QBR for that game is 20 points lower than Drake May's. It's because uh, everyone says that QBR benefits the runners for whatever reason. Mm, um, yeah, Finley was two for minus 10. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm not going to lie. I'd still take Drake May over Ben Finley. Like, I'm not yeah, going to be yeah, crazy, I mean, right? Like, you can see the talent there. Um, but, I I mean, like I said, I mean, it was just everything kind of worked out. Um, you know, guy falls down. Devin Carter just uh, runs by and gets like a 40-yard reception, right? Um, <laughs> that was, hold on. That was one of the best. That was one of the best starts to a game that I can ever remember because just the other day we were talking about why aren't our guys ever wide open like that? <laughs> and it took a Carolina DB from, to, you know, took him falling over for that well, to happen, but it happened. And I was just laughing the whole time. I was like, that's funny. We were just talking about, I mean, why don't we ever get a guy open like that? I will say, I mean, Devin juked him into the ground. Like, I mean, the guy was responding to all these little stutter steps that Devin did and just completely slipped. And, uh, yeah, that yeah. was, that was pretty awesome. You know, for the most Devin part, Carter, our guys, Hang on, I'm gonna cut you off. Yeah, Devin Carter was six for one thirty. Yep, he decided to show up. What? Where did that come from? I don't know, man. He that was like the healthiest he's looked for some time, in my opinion. Like I feel like <clears throat> I think it was like late in the ECU game. I think he did something like he just didn't look right for a couple weeks coming after that, and then he got held out last week. So I don't know if that was just being precautionary or what. Um, just looked like old Devin. You know, and like that's just been kind of the thing with him is like some games he comes out and he's Superman and then others he's not. But, you know, I mean, Ben Ben put the ball on him, too. Right. Like there were a lot of balls earlier in the season when Larry was at quarterback where he just completely whiffed on Carter, just just overthrowing him or whatever. And, uh, you know, I think he was just getting consistently targeted and, you know, he, he, the stiff arm came back. And I think he stiff armed guys like three times in this game. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, it was a really good game for Evan, for sure. Terrell Timmons, one huge catch. That, that was big. Uh, I'm trying to think who else here. Michael Allen. I thought Michael Allen ran really well. I think it's clear that he is our RB1 next year. It's the first time that anybody's out-snapped or out carried Jordan Houston this year, which I think is wild. Um, 
It may have been one of the game, actually. I take that back. But still, the majority of the time, Houston's either equal or has had more carries. But Michael Allen was – they leaned on him this this year or this game. Yeah, I mean, you can tell the difference between the two, right? I mean, yeah, different body types. One's a more natural-looking running back. You know, I, I, I still feel like Jordan Houston is not in the right position um, or not used in a way that optimizes the fact that he's – He's smaller, and so you got to try to get him more touches in space. Um, and he runs hard as hell. Um, but yeah, I mean, Michael Allen just looks like a more natural running back. Um, and we'll I see. Can't I don't believe know. that Jordan Houston hasn't broken one yet. I just—it's so hard for me to believe that he—he he hasn't broken a long run yet. Just unbelievable. It's—it's it's weird because it's usually—it's funny. Like he'll run into guys like head on and bounce off or, you know, get a few more yards. And then every time he was out in open space, it just looked like a guy like brushed him from the side and he would go down. So like, I mean, yeah. maybe, maybe he's too, I don't know. It'd be interesting to go back and look and see if he's like maybe just too top heavy or like leaning over so much that when he does get that contact and it's not head on, it, it puts him off. I don't know, but. You know, I mean, he's had a good year as far as Jordan Houston is concerned. He just didn't score many touchdowns. I mean, what do you have, like one? Um, I need to go back and look. Um, I'll pull it up. Uh, Michael Allen out, actually outsnapped him too. Yeah, Which, I mean, it seemed clear to me. Like, th- this is the benefit of having a deeper running back room as well, where you can have a talented guy that you can bring in for the final, you know, three games really and just let him loose. Because um, I want to, I want to say basically. Wow. I mean, Jordan Houston doesn't have any rushing touchdowns. He's got a receiving one, right? He's got a receiving one. Yeah. Which is crazy. That is crazy. That's wild to me. Sumo's got three rushing touchdowns. MG Morris has one. Chambers has one. Devin Leary has three. Yeah. Now, I would say, too, the other issue, right, is offensive inadequacy post Leary probably took away the opportunity for the running backs in a few ways. Right. And um, maybe in a normal year or anything that, you know, chambers or someone sniped, he would have had an opportunity at, but Hmm. that's the thing is, right. It's just like, you know, when people kind of say like, what do you do with this running back room? You know, we've got, um, let's see, we've got Raphael that just committed to us. And then, you know, Sumo, assuming he's still here, um, you know, we're trying to obviously get one of the, the, the coolies to come up and be a brotherly pair here. So <laughs> Dra- you know. Dravion Cooley, come on, don't tease it. Dravion Cooley's in the portal. Finally, it's something we have talked about for a long time. There's, there's scuttlebutt leaning that he was going to come here. Supposedly that last spring, but yeah, that didn't work out for whatever reason, but Dravion Cooley's in the portal. His brother is still committed here. Last that we checked, Feel pretty good about having a backfield of Michael Allen and Travion Cooley next year. With well, my my understanding is that um, the young the younger Cooley went and visited Maryland last week. I think the older Cooley went and visited Maryland. The younger went with him. Maybe, maybe. I think that then, got misconstrued. I'm not positive, but I think that got taken out of context by some recruiting yeah. folks. If yeah, but then again, what I read was correct. You still don't want him even going on, you know, just a even if he's tagging along, right? But right. That I mean, and there's also been some scuttlebutt that um South Carolina might be sniffing around on the coolies as well. So yeah. 
you know, I don't think we're out of this yet. Um, signing day is a few weeks away, right? Um, yeah. I think uh, I think there was some. I think it was very crit- critical for the team to get that pack of wolves nil minimum investment number out there. That each. All right. What was that all about? You're, you keep said it. What is it? All yeah. About? So. So the NIL group has basically committed to all the football players that are scholarship players getting $25,000 a year as part of their support with charitable events and other things that they put out. So there was a newsletter. I, I don't have all the activities here, but essentially it says that if you're a football team member, you're getting at least $25,000 next year. And then you'll have upside to go get whatever else you want through additional NIL deals and opportunities. So um, I think there was a coordinated effort here, uh, especially going into the transfer portal week to get some announcement out there that says, look, you come here, you're getting paid. Um, you stay here, you're getting paid. And that will probably help guys be a little more comfortable. You know, I'm sure there's going to be a few guys that test the portal though and see like, well, what else is out there for me? Is someone else going to throw a hundred thousand dollars at me randomly? Like I'm doubtful. Cause if you were that good at NC state, like we wouldn't have had the year we just had. <laughs> Personally, um, what what I think is different, I'm, I'm going to keep interrupting you every time you okay. slow down here. What I think is different in regards to our $25,000 deal and some of the rumors of kids getting offered, you know, a hundred grand to come to certain schools. Like I know that was some of the rumors, some of the offensive line guys we tried to get last year. This mm-hmm. is not one of those things that's kind of under the table and people are not talking about. This is very publicly saying our guys are getting going to get this, this much money. So I think it's more of a guaranteed number as opposed to, you know, what you're hearing is that other <clears throat> some folks are having a hard time collecting on said deals and said promises. And people are not falling through, you know, following through with, the, um, you know, what, what they agreed upon, right. They're not following through on the agreements with some of these other, you know, backdoor NIL deals. And so us coming out and saying, Hey, everybody's getting paid this amount. I, I kind of feel like it's a bare minimum and that's kind of a guarantee, which I think is pretty strong. And I think that's how they're going to pitch it. I would have liked for them to push that more. So that message was out there more. I saw it and I didn't really, I saw it once and that was about it, but I think they need to really emphasize that. And I think they probably are on the recruiting side. Like, yeah. look, you're getting, everybody's getting 25 G's. If you want, you know, other money, there's, there's probably other opportunities for that, but having a bare minimum, that baseline is, is going to be something that they can sell. And I think that's what, that was much needed. Yeah. And they'll get, there's still a $5,900 stipend that they basically get from the university as long as they maintain like good academic standing Mm -hmm. that was announced last year. They funded that the Wolfpack club funded that with, after they changed out of state tuition to being in state tuition for athletes, which I think was a very smart move. Um, I mean, for 85 players, right? 25 grand is basically a little, it's two and a quarter million dollars. Um, actually a little bit less two, 2.125. Um, and I think, from this, you know, just the whispers out there, I think there's a little bit higher target than that for total NIL for the program. So I'm sure there's going to be some guys who probably get more than that um, thrown at them or at least offered. And, uh, you know, we'll see how that goes. I'll be really curious if they do something like, you know, 
baseline of 25 grand and then certain guys maybe get an opportunity for more, I guess. I don't know how they yeah. do it, right? They can't quote unquote pay for play, but I don't know. We'll, we'll see how it goes. It'll be interesting if they can just throw a number out at um, a guy like Noah Rogers. Like everyone should be praying for Heartline to go to Cincinnati. Um, I really don't believe the scuttlebutt that Noah Rogers is interested in going to UNC. I think that's just everyone getting worried. I think if he really opened himself back up, I don't think there's really any doubt in my mind where he would go at this time. I don't think playing with your brother who's a walk on is really that big of a, a draw. I think I think you're right there. Um, I, I'm hoping Brian Hartline gets hired somewhere and just starts to put a little crack in that Ohio State recruiting, uh, recruiting class. But let's be honest, I've stopped banking on flipping kids that have committed to other schools. Like it might happen, but I'm not banking on it. Like I think that's probably a weird. It's a weird way to, um, you know, recruit, so to speak. Hey, we forgot to mention that uh, NC State is number 25 in the college football playoff, which I predicted so we, would happen. Yeah, we <laughs> went one week without being ranked in the college football playoff poll, but they are back. Uh, I think we're ranked in the coaches poll, too, right? I'm not mistaken. No, no. We're State getting, people. we were like second in votes or third in votes. Yeah, we're out of one and in the other, I believe, but 25 and the one that matters, and that's. All really, all that matters is for again for recruiting. It, yeah. it comes down to does it help you get players? You can point to it. Hey, look, we're ranked in you know top twenty five in the playoff poll. Yeah, it's gonna be really cool. interesting to see what little deals get shuffled out here at the end. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I think as far as we're concerned, I think only the team the teams only that are in front of us that could even move out of the poll or back enough are I think Tulane and UCF and. Yeah. So maybe you get a little movement, but I have to assume that once Carolina gets its ass kicked this weekend, um, that they'll fall out or end up at number 25. And then, like I said, I hope that Boo in the committee helped troll UNC a little bit and put us at 23, you know, just to take a little of that Air Jordan thunder from them. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting. I It's going to be weird just the next few days. I think the portal is going to get pretty active. I think it officially opens on December 5th. I think is when players can yeah, actually start some, making contact. So that's when crazy season's going to happen. Yeah. MJ Morris is out there trying to recruit guys. So if you're worried about MJ Morris, I think he's going to be here unless he's just saying prayer hands to all these players to uh, bring him along with them. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I, is MJ your starting quarterback next year? Hell yes. I'd say not like not even questionable to me. Yeah. Yeah, he's just got more talent. I'm sure. I mean, you tell Ben Finley that he can, can compete for it if he wants. But like, if I was Ben, I would. I mean, just go down a level and go play if he wants to. If he wants to stay here, and he's happy to be a backup. Then awesome. He's a he's a good one to have back there. I still think we need to go out and get someone that's mobile in the the portal. I don't care if he's like extremely limited. Like, you just need to have somebody there that can can help out the squad. Like, I don't think you go in the year with MJ, Ben and Lex Thomas and say, okay, we're good. Um, thing is like, you're, you're just gonna be limited in who you bring in. So unless there's some awesome player that wants to come here and you say, sorry, MJ, like, which is highly doubtful. Like, like I don't see, I don't think Hudson card is going to come here. For example. He's probably not. Uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess I, I'm rolling with MJ. 
I, he showed me enough to give give him the reins next year because yeah, let me back this up. Do you think next year is a total rebuild? I mean, I think you're going to try to get a ton of people in the portal to limit that, but I I mean, how can you look at the defense, for example, and the people that are graduating and not think that there's a rebuild there? Like, you, you're going to have to be able to score points next year. Yeah. Right? Like, I think it's a reset. The good thing is, is that, you know, you've got a really good away schedule next year for the conference games and even on the road. You've got UConn on the road, and then you've got uh, Wake... UVA, VT, and Duke, I think, are the four conference games on the road, if I remember correctly. Um, so, yeah, I it, it's a good year to reset. If you were going to change offensive coordinators, for example, like I think it's a as good a time as any. All your hard games are at home next year, right? So, like, I don't think you can just trot out this ten back offense again without knowing you've got some crazy good defense behind it. I I'm laughing because I agree in your subtle shot at Tim Beck. Like I'm, I'm that's probably the thing I'm most concerned about this off season. Like the thing I'm most paying attention to is what are they going to do schematically on offense and who's going to do it? I think they'll do fine getting players in the portal. Like they just landed uh, Kendrick Raphael, a four-star running back, right? And there's still some others that are out there. I, my still my biggest concern comes down to the coaching staff. Like, what are are they going to have an offensive line? Right? I've expressed my concern with Garrison and the offensive line that we've had over the last few years, and what the hell they're going to do with it? Right? What are they going to do behind them? I think there's talent that you can make it work. But again, if you don't have elite talent, you need better coaching. And I think we cost ourselves some games this year, not only by, you know, schemes and play calling, but personnel rotations. That's another one that's just like mind blowing, baffling to me. I hope that is all revisited in the offseason. Yeah, I was just trying to think back. Um, like, who was our what was our depth chart going into um, to UNC? I can't even find this thing. Um, I want to go back and look at the offensive line. I mean, you finally have McMahon at center, um, which is where he's probably supposed to be. Um, he wasn't awesome there. Um, that one bad snap really drove me nuts. Um, but he wasn't terrible. So I don't know. You're, you're getting highest you're, graded. Hang on. He was our highest graded pass blocker in the Carolina game. That shocks me. Um, 85. Pretty good, actually. That's why I'm saying I'm shocked. But yeah. again, like they've, I feel like people have been saying it for a while. Like he's supposed to be a center. And so yeah. part of it, I think that's been holding him back at guard. And like why he's just been super inconsistent is he's playing out of position and they've just been doing it. You know, and that's the problem, right? Is where, how do we improve there, right? Like, was Spees starting at tackle this game? Mm-hmm. Right. So, like, he's a graduate senior. I think he's gone after this year, right? So, yep. Belton, I guess, is going to have to improve. Um, you're going to lose Zavala. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's, 
we're gonna have to go get someone in the portal, right? To just sure yeah, sure this thing up. Got to get some offensive linemen. Like, and you're gonna have to pay for them. Like last year, it was seventy five grand. Is my understanding is what was in the way of getting two offensive tackles in the portal. Yeah, and a dad that really wanted his kid to play at Alabama. Whatever. Like, I get it. I mean, that kid's been starting at Alabama all year. Good for him. Um, but yeah, I mean, you just we'll know in I guess a month. Right. You'll have the first signing day. You'll have a lot of transfers trying to get themselves locked in like that first wave of transfers. And then you kind of have this other wave that sits back and sees like, you know, can I get more money in that second wave of, of, of portal time? Um, so, you know, just, it'll be interesting if, if, if you make a change at offensive coordinator, like it could help, but like you got to time that right as well. Like if they made that change, you want to have someone ready to go because you don't want to go into early signing period with risk of guys getting poached, you know, and then that means you hold it out and, you know, you could wait until the end of the bowl and do it then. Um, that's a little bit less disingenuous, I guess. You just like When is Beck. the early signing date? 21st? Um, yeah, oh, let me 21st. look. Yeah. It's a long time to wait. But I guess you have nothing to, I mean, bowls and bowl practices and whatnot. It would be great to have a sense of what your offensive staff is going to look like by then. But I think after the bowls is when you'll see some movement and hopefully start to see some movement on the portal side too. I just I don't think we're going to do too much inbound portal stuff until – yeah, I mean, maybe we will until the bowl gets announced this week. Yeah, I'm not sure. It's gonna be. I, I don't remember how it went last year, honestly, with the portal and and timing and all that. Just felt like we were just constantly getting guys until basically summer. How would you feel if Tim Beck is still coaching here <laughs> for next, for next season? Frustrated. That's how I'd feel. Probably feel frustrated. I, I just feel like we've we lost games this year because of what they were trying to do and how rigid they were and what they were doing, you know, or what they were trying to do. They didn't change anything based on personnel. I think they misused players just based on, I don't know. I'm trying to think, I'm trying to see like, it feels like they, they chose guys on seniority they try to run too many tight end sets. I don't know what they were trying to do with the running game. It's again another year we're last in the league in rushing. Like, there's a lot of things there that, you know, if Dave wants to be um, a defense rushing guy, cool, but be good at it, right? And you're not good at it and you're not explosive and you're not throwing the ball down the field. Like, even, even Wisconsin, right? When they were, all they were doing was running, they're throwing the ball over top every once in a while. Right. It's just we, we don't do that. We haven't been doing that. And maybe because we haven't, but you got guys like Terrell Timmons who's shown the ability to get behind defenses and to make the catch, right? And to do those things. So if Tim Beck is our offensive coordinator next year, I'm going to be really frustrated. Yeah. I don't My, think he gives you the best chance to win when you're playing with a bunch of young guys, which we're going to Yeah. Be. Yeah. So my thinking is the only way I find it even palatable is if you're able to bring in a lot of transfer talent 
to address the issues that we had this year. You need a good possession style receiver in the mold of a Harmon slash a Mecca. You need speed guys. I feel like we've probably got enough slot guys on the team. Like we don't need more slot guys in the portal. Um, you're going to need someone that's dynamic at tight end. Cause I don't think Penix can come back, but I could be wrong. Um, Penix can come back. Can he? Okay. I thought yeah. he walked on senior day. Oh, he did, but it doesn't mean he can't come back. I okay. I think he's okay. definitely singing at the end of the year. Um, but you know, I mean, he needs guys that can help Tim get out of Tim's way. And that also aligns with MJ's skill set, if that's going to be the guy. And so, like, I'd, I'd really have to see some changes in personnel to really think that he won't just go back into the hole or that Dave won't maybe put his thumb on the, the scale a little bit. Um, here's, like, here's my question just, for you in that yeah. regards. Is, was the offense more successful with MJ because of MJ or is it more successful because MJ is more of a quarterback that Tim Beck wants and Devin Leary? I mean, I think there's a lot to or was defense. <laughs> well, I, I think there's, there's some truth to the idea that, you know, look at how, what MJ does running the ball. He's not like a dynamic runner, right? But he gives you that threat. Um, and I think Dave or Tim is more comfortable with that style of player. Um, you know, the, the risk then is like, is he going to get injured? And so if yeah, that's the style of player you want on this team, then you better go get a guy that can be a backup that can still emulate that. Like, I don't think you can do that with Ben Finley or Lex Thomas. Um, like that, that's the problem. So if the only guy that enables you to be a better offense or a more efficient offense is an athletic running quarterback, then you better go get athletic running quarterbacks. And, you know, I don't, that's what I'm saying. Like, I got to see some transfer portal additions that make me feel better. Like if a Jeff Sims comes here. Yeah. Right. You go, okay, cool. Well, we've got two guys now. If something happens, um, I think Jeff Sims is going to want to be a starter though. Right. And I, you could probably sell that to MJ. This, considering he didn't show up until this summer, like, look, you need a little more time to learn. You know, you still have your red shirt, blah, blah, blah. You know, there's a lot of opportunity there. I mean, I think that's, it, it sounds like he's bought in, so it doesn't sound like it'd be a hard sell. Yeah. I, mean, I think you tell him he's the, f- I mean, he gets QB1 until, yeah. until otherwise. I mean, you bring yeah. it like, I don't know. Like the thing is, like people act like Jeff Sims is some incredible quarterback. I mean, he was at Georgia Tech, and I thought he was pretty limited arm wise. Like he would have some flash, and then some whoa, um, and some oh no. And so, like, but that's the kind of guy you should be targeting. Like that, the whole roster should be three or four quarterbacks that run and pass like that. Like I, I don't get. I don't know. Maybe Lex Thomas is more mobile than I've seen, but like I. Aside, like Lex Thomas's purpose was to help secure this class, and he's a Thomas, um, so he's worth taking a flyer on. But I would imagine, like the next guy that they recruit is gonna not look, you know, he's he's gonna have a different skill set. Um, like I would just—that's what I would do. I don't understand. Like, <laughs> I would not be getting guys that can't run. Like that's that's why Aaron McLaughlin was an interesting prospect to me. 
Um, you know, and that's maybe Ben Finley would, would run a little bit more. Like, I feel like they want to use him a little bit in that run game. Um, they didn't really in, in the UNC game. Right. So it'd be interesting to see if, if MJ for whatever reason, isn't healthy in the bowl, it's going to be interesting if Ben is still here to see how he, um, how they use him. Maybe that'll be kind of indicative of what they're after going forward. Cause he's probably the least athletic. He's as low as I would go, I guess, on the floor as far as quarterback athleticism. Yeah. Like, I don't want to, I, I know it sounds crazy to say, but like, I don't want another guy that's like Leary that they just refuse to run, you know, unless you're like five yards out from the goal line. That's the other thing is the, we don't need to have this rehash this whole conversation, but you know, as a retrospective looking back on the year, let, let Devin use what he's good at throwing the ball down the damn field. And it just didn't take enough shots for them you know, for him. And that's, that's my concern is it just, are you going to use a guy like he needs to be used? And are you going to use the right people around him? Right. Don't put Devin Leary in and then run three tight end set. Like this doesn't make any sense. Put some guys in there can run and catch and utilize what he's good at. And I, I, I see, and I hear all these other conversations with all these other teams and analysts. And they're talking about doing more to help their players, right? Doing more to help their guys succeed. And that's what I felt like is one of our weaknesses. All right, we just keep doing what we do because we do it, and that's what we're supposed to do. And you're just like, Jesus Christ, that's just obnoxious because you're not you're just banging your head against the wall, and everybody knows you're going to do it, right? Everybody knows you're going to run, you know, when Cheese Man comes in the game, right? Everybody knows these things. The Seabro Twins in there, it's going to be a run play, or you're running twelve personnel, it's going to be a run play. And then I'm, I'm listening to people talk about you know, these other teams about how they're, you know, maybe short-sided with talent, but, you know, X, Y, and Z are helping them, you know, get the most out of it. And that's just one of the things that I feel like we haven't done as a staff overall. And like, if I think that's one of Dave's weaknesses, I think is being too rigid and letting all his guys be too rigid what they do and not maximizing it. Because I think we have a lot of talent and it just doesn't feel like we've lived up to that offensively. Now I think on the defensive side, you can flip that around to defense has led the league in, you know, a number of statistics and have outperformed their talent level. Like I want the compliment to that on the offensive side. And I just don't think we've gotten that. And that's, that's where my frustration would be next year. If we kind of roll out and try to do the same thing. With whoever's quarterback, right? Leary, Sims, Morris, Ben Finley, anybody. Like it just they've got to do what that person is good at. Don't you know, don't run read options with Devin Leary. I, I don't care. I r- figure out a better way to do it. Boot him out or do something else, play actions, something else that is gonna benefit his skill set and be less predictable. Our predictability is what drove me insane this year. And yeah, I, don't know how I mean, there from what I asked you, but that's where. I well, yeah, I just just be more dynamic. Fine, like it's just yeah, really just did not seem to ever consistently find ways to scheme guys open, and maybe that is the players' fault. You know, like they didn't execute the times it was called. Maybe it's their fault because they just don't have the god-given talent to run and get open. Like I just find that hard to believe. I just think. <clears throat> 
there seems to be a lot of offenses that have the ability to get wide receivers in open space and have easy pitch and catch. And like, sometimes we see it, but a lot of times, like, I don't know, like what happened to all, like, why were there no rub routes this year? Like, right. You know what I mean? And even when we called them, they were so poorly run that they didn't even achieve what they were after. You know, it's just stuff like that where it's like, is that the wide receiver coach? You know, like, I will not cry at all to see Joker Phillips not on this roster. <laughs> right. NC State led the ACC in total defense, giving up 19.4 a game, less than Florida State, Louisville, Clemson, Syracuse, good good defensive teams. They were also ninth in total offense behind Syracuse, Pitt, Duke, Clemson, Florida State, Wake, North Carolina, Louisville, and ahead of Miami by a half a point which is gross passing eighth passing defense, seventh passing efficiency, 10th defensive efficiency first, right? I feel like there's a lot of disconnect there with the, with the styles. And I think it validates what we've said, right? If we're looking back on how this season went, it just, it, it didn't pan out to what we had hoped and I think you put all that fault on the offense. And I get people are going to come back and say, well, you played your fourth – you played four quarterbacks. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Right. That's being disingenuous because we all knew the offense struggled um, all year. I mean, we were tw- – again, this comes back to the conversation. If if you if your identity wants to be a, a tough blue-collar team and you can't run the ball, you're averaging 3.4 yards per rush, 121 yards a game. 12th in the ACC, only ahead of Virginia Tech and BC, one who one of those teams who beat you. It's it's not good, right? It's not a good look for what you're trying to do. And, and if I'm trying to do that, I'm, I'm taking this this off season and we're like, all right, we try, we want to do this, but we're not doing it well. What do we need to improve? Is it just get better offensive linemen? Maybe get better running backs? Maybe, or maybe run the ball differently or do things that are going to help your running game because this is yet another year in a row where we've had a poor running game and you know, it, it's hard to be part of your identity, right? To me, I yeah. think that's something you need to improve on. I'm trying to pull up the, we were 13th in 2021, right? With two, four star running yeah, backs. And, and that's what I was going to say is like, I mean, go back. Like when's the last time we were top half or top third, right? Like, I mean, that's the thing is, it's so hard to understand why a team that seems like its identity should be running the ball just does not seem to have like command in that aspect of the game. and hasn't for, I feel like it's been some time. Um, like I want to say it's been since like the Heinz Gillespie team, since we've had consistent rushing, you know, we'd start out of the gates with Tim Beck, like for two years in a row, in 19 or 20 and 21. Right. And you're like, Holy crap, it's finally here. And then it's gone. And you know, maybe that's just offensive line related. Like there's, I feel like there's been enough talent in that running back room to get more than what we've seen. You'll Um, never believe this. Okay. Tell me (laughs) the last five years, which year was the best rushing offense? The last five years. Yes. Well, if it's something I wouldn't believe, it's probably like the 2019 team. 2019. 
2019. They we were, were just trying to get those games over. <laughs> I guess eighth in the conference in, in oh, yards God. per game. 2017, we were sixth, which was a little better. Uh, but who, I mean, every other year we're 12th. I'm looking at it, look going through all these stats and it's just, that's infuriating to me. It's like, this is your, this is your identity as an offense. Or this is what you want to do, you know, be a ball well, control team. I mean, the counterpoint, right, is that 2019 is the first year we didn't have an NFL quarterback. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's you lots know, of things for it. Yeah. I mean, there, there's a reason, I guess it kind of makes sense. Um, yeah. I mean, we've been, that's the thing Wild. is like, if you're like, it's the efficiency that drives me nuts. It's just something is wrong yeah. with it. It's not creative. You know, I thought there was a little bit more this year, so I thought we'd be better. But of course, like then when you get train wrecked at quarterback, I guess it, it's not crazy that people just keyed off on the run at that point. So it's kind of like you have to throw this one out, but that's the thing is like, I want to see a commitment. Like if you're going to bring in a, I don't know. It's like crazy to say, it's like bringing a coordinator who's, who's awesome at running the ball. If that's what you want to be, you know, like if you're not going to be that, if you're never going to be a good rushing team, then go get someone who's got great connections as far as building a a passing offense and like an easy one. Like, People bang on UNC's offense, right? That offense almost came back and won that game, and it shouldn't have, right? But that's because offense can put defense on its heels. Um, the pun not intended there. And I just I don't feel like we're special. I don't feel like we're dynamic. I just don't. It just seems like everything's a damn grind. And so if that's. If, if Tim says, well, the problem is I don't have enough players and go get me certain guys in the portal. Okay. But like you guys should have identified that last year. So I, yeah. I just wouldn't be surprised if Dave goes in a different direction. Like he has not been hesitant to. And like I've said multiple times, I think this year is very important for him because he wants to break this damn coaching record. And, you know, we'll just see where it goes after that, in my opinion. So I, I, I just can't see him repeating. You know, especially if Gibson leaves. Which is something I don't want to see. The whole offseason so far from the coaching carousel has been, and, and maybe it'll heat up after the conference title games, but it's been pretty quiet, right? Dave didn't get Nebraska or Wisconsin, which was probably the two that everybody would have pegged him for, right? Or as, or, you know, Midwest ties, et cetera, et cetera. But I guess given the year he had, it's, He's not an easy sell to your constituents. So anyway, he didn't get those either one of those jobs. And it's it's likely that he's gonna be here for a while, or at least until you know he gets said record and um you know feels comfortable hanging it up and whatnot. I I'm curious what Gibson what Gibson does, given that West Virginia said they're not gonna come open or not like not likely to come open. So, you know, does Tony leave? I know he wants a head coaching job. Does he go somewhere else? Maybe. I I, I wonder if Dave's going to value staff stability is where I'm going with this. Okay. I don't know, man. I I, I mean, I think we're in a line. I think most fans are in a line that we need to see something different. But I also wouldn't be surprised if he says, you know, I'd like to have the relationship that, Tim Beck and MJ have, or or whatever it may be, or whoever it may be. 
I don't know. It's uh, it's the storyline that I'm probably going to be paying attention to most through this offseason. What did you think about Dave's post-game comments about Carolina? Post-game or, or pre-game? Pre-game, pre-game comments. Yeah, those Ooh, are shit. Man, yeah. he was he was firing. It was like I mean, if you told me that he was hammered before that game, I would have believed it by that comment. <laughs> yeah, you know, like I'm I'm just surprised he was that fired up and that pissed and I would have expected him to say that after the game. Like just I can't believe he went on the record and said it. It was it was great. I just wish he would just have that piss and vigor all year. Like just yeah. just be that coach. If you're gonna be that, be it. Um it's so oh, weird that man, just be you, yeah. right? Don't be just be like robot. these the, just you know, tell them they're a bunch of bleep suckers and talk about how bad they are all the time. Just call it out. Be like, I'm tired of hearing you guys talk about UNC like they didn't have all these academic scandals and they don't cheat all the time and they don't badmouth people on the trail. They weren't buying players before the NIL rules were available. Like I would just go for it. You yeah. know, just call it out. It's like, I would just be like, man, it's just can't wait. You know, I'd just be like, I guess we're about to see what UNC is going to look like when they don't have the coastal to back them up anymore. You know, this league is probably going to turn into a, like the nightmare scenario of Clemson and Florida state just winning every year. Um, <laughs> You know, but and that's the thing, right? Is I think someone posted it's like you look at all these guys that were on the first team uh, or on the all ACC team. I think someone said like fifteen of them were transfers. Um, I need to go back and actually confirm that that's the case. But right, like Florida State went and bought brought in a bunch of guys through the portal and immediately corrected some of their woes. And you know they got a little healthy on defense. Right now, everyone won't shut up about them. Um, yeah. You know, it, it'll be nice to not have to be going through a double, you know, bandsaw with, with, uh, with Clemson and Florida state every year. Right. I mean, I, there's probably gonna be some years we get them both, but how did Drake Thomas get left off first team all ACC dude? I mean, this is the same thing we talk about preseason with all these people that get to vote for this crap at all ACC day. And, um, it's, obvious that there's a bunch of people that don't actually watch these games you know there's i'm sorry like i if you want to say that cedric gray should be on the first team then right beside him should be drake thomas like it's probably a bigger error that the other two guys were on there instead if we're going to be honest about it i just think that's embarrassing i think isaiah moore and peyton wilson being honorable mention is pathetic like what what games are you watching where you see better linebackers? I yeah. I don't. It, I don't. Somebody somebody pointed out made the point that they're a victim of the defensive success, right? If they're not on the field the whole game, like Carolina's defense or whoever, some of these other guys, they're not getting as many snaps. They're not getting as many st- stats, even though Drake led the ACC in tackles for loss, and he was second in sacks at six and a half. I think he was a half sack behind. Yeah, it's, I, it's egregious to me. Like this should be a real evaluation to a reevaluation on on who votes if they care at all. I mean, I know these are just props to these people, but I don't know. It just it feels disingenuous once again having anybody from Carolina's defense on that first team. First of all, 
Yeah, I mean, that's the thing too, right? I mean, just look at what they did all year. Like, that's embarrassing. Like, yeah. you can't be you can't be the nice turd in the punch bowl. Like, that doesn't count. And I don't know. It's like people like getting in my mentions about, oh, well, oh, look at all the turn. Like, Drake Thomas didn't force any turnovers. Like, what the hell does that even mean? Like, didn't yeah. force any turnovers. First off, he's got interceptions. Second off, I can show you a play in the UNC game where he shook Drake or uh, Drake May into the pocket to get his arm deflected and then have Terry Engel intercept the ball. So uh, isn't that forcing a turnover? Yeah. Like it's it's stupid shit like that where people are like looking and grasping. And it's like, did you watch the games? The dude is just murdering people. I, I don't get it. I, I can't imagine anyone watched that game. How, how many times was Ben Finley sacked that game? Uh, not much. much. For sure it was zero. Yeah. You know, like, I guess Sedge Gray was just having a hell of a game. I need to go look How at the box score. We, give so I can... we didn't give up any sacks. Yeah, no, no we sacks. didn't. And like, yeah. that's that's my point, right? It's like one hit, two hurries. You know, the the guys on that team, should, you know, it'd be uh, I just man, it's just whatever. I, I can't believe it. Now I'm going through <laughs> box scores. I'm going through box scores to go <laughs> prove my point, which is never a good good thing yeah i'm looking at drake's total uh 40 what is this pressure rate hold on 46 total pressure seven sacks nine hits 30 hurries two batted balls 61 tackles 21 assists only 15 missed tackles 48 stops yeah i mean i guess such i mean here's the stat line from the game drake thomas Seven solo tackles, three assists, ten total, one sack, eight yards, two tackles for loss, three quarterback hurries. Are you telling me this one is better? Seven solo tackles, one assist, eight total, zero sacks, zero tackles for loss, a forced fumble, no quarterback hurries. Drake Thomas graded out as 82 on the defensive side, like, all season. It's just insane. Come on. Give me a break. Give me a break. Yeah, just embarrassing, you know. I didn't even think like, that was a question. They're acting like Cedric Gray is Nate Irving. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I watched these guys all year. Ain't nothing special there. Just because you're the best on the worst doesn't mean you're great. Like, congratulations, your defensive line couldn't tackle anybody. Cedric Gray, <laughs> six tackles, one assist. Graded out at 68. What's his overall season? Probably 75. No, graded out less. Uh, 82.4, less than Drake. 18, half as many total pressures. He only had one sack, five hits, 12 hurries. He had 100 tackle, 102 tackles. Good. What was his tackles for loss? Uh, I don't know. Probably so bad they don't even track it. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm shocked. Yeah. That's it's like stupid. the one thing. That's I mean, like it's like the thing like me getting in arguments with NC State fans that Mike Elko should be a better coach of the year candidate than Dave Doran. Like Duke beat teams with a combined record of 32 wins. We beat a combined record of what was it? I don't know, 52, whatever I posted. Yeah. Like one team actually had to play difficult teams. The other was Duke. 
one had their starting quarterback left over from the year before we had four. Like, I, I'm sorry. Like, I know the season like didn't end the way people wanted and like people are pissed off about the BC game and shit like that. But like, I don't think anyone out coached overall considering all the crap that went wrong for state this year. I think Doran and the staff outperformed everyone else. They kept that defense playing at an elite level throughout the season. They clearly got screwed in BC. I don't want to go on that about, about that again, you know, and managed to beat FSU better team beat yeah. UNC. They beat two top 25 college football playoff teams. I don't think anyone else on the, uh, the radar did that. Like that's, that's my whole point is people, people are going to point back in that BC game. And like that one, just that one was weird. I, you know, I'll blame Tim Beck before I blame Dave Doran that one. Um, I don't know. Just, it's just infuriating. Yeah. You know, when you're having that argument, I was like, eh, I don't know. And it, it but it kind of, it kind of makes sense. I, I get that they're not going to do it because of the preseason expectations, but at the same time, if you actually dig into what happened on the field, then, you know, still being able to win, eight games playing four different quarterbacks. It's pretty good. It's a pretty good job. Pretty well job. Well done. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's at the same time, I think of it as like, you really, you really had a good defense, but whatever. I mean, there's other teams that'll, they'll get you yeah, know, good defense and good special teams. Yeah. You're yeah. I'll take those two over basically anyone in the league. Right. You know, it just comes down to like, <laughs> Offense just didn't look sharp when you need it. And I don't know, man, if Leary survives that hit, right. I got a feeling we're beating Florida state that night. Like if Jack Chambers can do it, Dave, Devin Leary could do it. I think that team beats Syracuse with Leary, you know, like it's funny that people like keep harping on like, Oh, well he waited until Virginia tech to go with MJ. Like I got a feeling that MJ wasn't like super sharp in practice all the time. Like, if it was that clear, he would have been ready. He wouldn't have been third. Like, they would have moved him up. There's no point in prioritizing Jack Chambers, who's going to be there for a season, over the guy that would be there for four plus. Like, well, that's the part I disagree on. Like, I, I do agree that MJ was probably doing what he did in the games in practice, right? Which is miss some reads, miss some throws. He did that yeah. in the games. It's, he made up for it by making plays and, you know, taking some risks and making some good throws. But if, your tendency is to be conservative and stay with a guy who is going to be less turnover prone. Then I can see where Chambers probably was that guy. He probably tucked and run more often than not. Yeah. I don't understand how you can have a practice and come out thinking of these three Fen- Finley, Morris and Chambers that Chambers gives you the best chance to win because I'll I'll go to my grave not knowing what Chambers did in practice other than look like Joe Montana. I mean, he must have been unbelievable in practice uh, against this defense to, for them to think that he could be a suitable yeah. quarterback or this is the guy you want to go with to run. My understanding I, is during those scrimmages. Jack Chambers was better than the other two and that MJ was showing flashes and people thought like he was going to be, 
he, it made sense that MJ was number three, but that he wasn't ready yet. And that Ben Philly didn't look good at all. And so that's why he was on scout team. And like, I, just, I, I how, bet though? it, it was, doesn't... I bet if you were at the scrimmages and at practice, I think it was probably very apparent that Jack was ahead of them, but probably I not. I just by don't much. know what capacity. I, I just don't believe it <laughs> I, <laughs> because what I saw in the field, there was no indications that that's the truth. I mean, I get it, and it's probably like, you true. You got to think but... about it, right? Like MJ just got there. I know. I, I would be flabbergasted if he knew enough of the playbook and had enough competence to displace Jack Chambers in the first few games. And so they probably were just like, "All right, Jack's going to sit here, kind of soak up reps." Like, I mean, go back to the Charleston. Was it the yeah Charleston Southern game? I thought MJ looked like shit in that game. I thought Jack did too. Like, I didn't see anything special between the two of them. Right. I and I think, yeah. and I think MJ got a concussion in that game. Like, you know, so there's other, there's other elements I think that were kind of going on that if we had all the information, maybe we'd say, mm, okay, I guess it I agree. Sense. I, 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 I would have rolled. Yeah. Like my thing is like, I just keep going back to that Syracuse game. And I, if you really wanted to play MJ, you should have just played MJ. You know, like I'd never understood bringing him in on that third play. Right. Like it was just like, I was like, oh, this is going to be awful. Like, cause then Jack Chambers can't get in a rhythm, even if he's not like, I don't know. They just weren't playing it right. In my opinion, I thought with yeah. Jack Chambers, I thought they were going to play like super loose and just be like, Hey, just go out there, fling it, see what happens. Like you should have no expectations. And then I would think they'd be a little bit more conservative with MJ. Right. And be like, Hey man, we don't want to give you any bad habits. Right. Like let Jack go out there and get blasted first. But they just kept doing that jumping back and forth thing. And it was like, are you guys doing this because you're worried about transfers? Like what? Because it, in no way going alternate series or two series on off, you there's no way for you to win like that. And so I'm I'm glad other than that goal line play and that third down play, like that they didn't bring Chambers in against UNC. Like that's, that's how it should have been probably, you know, from the get-go. But they, I don't know. I, I just... I feel like if if it had been another de- like if I mean you saw Ben Finley against Louisville right like clear difference between Louisville and UNC both on the road you know if there were more games against teams like UNC I'm sure Ben Finley would have had an okay year as the backup like maybe that's the real question is like why wasn't it just MJ and Ben based on what you saw in those two games yeah like, because you were getting nothing from Chambers like they just refused to call a game to support Jack Chambers' skill set. Well, and that's part of it, right? It's using what you got. Hey, my dog is chewing something. I just, you know, with Chambers, I, I don't know. I, I don't really, this is not really an interesting conversation. It's annoying more than anything. <laughs> I, but this, this just comes back to why I want a new offensive staff just across the board. I just, I don't trust. I don't trust that they're going to do what's best. Yeah. And I know we don't have all the information, but. It's a lot of weird questions. Bowl game coming up. I've I've revised my <clears throat> bowl take. I I've gotten to the point where I just want the easiest matchup possible. Especially when you're kind of meandering where we are. We don't know really know what's gonna happen. You know, who's gonna show up, who's gonna stay. You know, all those things. Who's going pro? Who's going to sit out, opt out? Who's going to portal? 
even if everybody's there, you don't know which team's going to show up, right? Or which offensive side of the ball is going to come. Give me an easy matchup. It sounds like it's going to be the Mayo Bowl in Charlotte, which is fine against the Big Ten team, which maybe Maryland. I'm trying to think who's Illinois, is, who's who fits that fits that bill, the middle of the is, road. Is that what's popping up for those projections? Like, is everyone confident yeah. that it's the Mayo Bowl? I don't think everybody's confident, but I think that's the current projection. I God, I really I haven't heard it. much. Nobody's really mentioned too much about it. We'll find out more this weekend, but I'll just I don't assume any team other than Maryland from the Big Ten. <laughs> yeah, I mean Maryland actually has some talent, and but again, you just don't know. You don't know what's going to show up. I saw some people who were like, "I hope we get the Holiday Bowl against UCLA." It's like I want no part of UCLA this year. Absolutely not. No part of that. Like, <laughs> like one, unless better you can guarantee us. DTR yeah. and half those guys are sitting out. Hell, f and no. Right, like Jesus. I thought I I I thought if they were healthy last year, they would have waxed us. Like, I don't no. think so. I think I think we win that game, but this year I think it's it's the opposite. I think they're better than we are if they have everybody there, and if they win that yeah. game, they're gonna be like, "Let's see, we would have won last year too," and it just would have just gonna annoy me more. That'd be the worst yeah. possible. I'm matchup. sure behind the scenes, like Boo is like, "Never again." Like we don't trust them. It's not happening. Yeah. It's like the same reason we won't ever play Wisconsin. Too too dangerous with that Russell Wilson talk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd make his ass out there, go out there and throw the coin at least, though, if they did yeah. ever get a Wisconsin game. Have you watched any of the basketball? Yeah, man. I watched those Atlantis games. Um, I think the general consensus right now is that we're pretty good. Yeah. I like the way we're playing. It's a good looking. I, that's team. a better way to say it. I don't know if we're good because we have we've got a bunch of I don't know not very strong games, but our opponents. I mean, but I like the way they're playing. I like the way the energy they're playing with for the first time in Kevin Keats's six years are actually pressing like he said he was going to press and play high tempo or up tempo on both sides of the ball. Like I'm, where did this come from? Magically, is just because you got more point guard or more guards? I'm, got, I'm kind of blown away that it's guys. actually. Say so what? I, I think it helps having more older players. Yeah, I mean it's probably so. And I really like the way Casey Morsell's playing. I put it out on Twitter yesterday. I think he's our best player, and people got offended by that. I don't mean that he's going to be the guy that's going to score the most, right? That just because Turquavion can put up 30 and 30 shots doesn't necessarily make him the best player. Jarkel, I think, is good, but I think he's got a shot selection problem. I think he takes a lot of out-of-control shots, which you live with it. It's fine. I think Casey is the most well-rounded player, and so far he's been the most consistent. And that's why I think he's the best player. I think he's the key, and best is, you know, you can take it however you want, but I think he's the key to this team's success having that third option who's not going to get pissed off if somebody takes 30 shots a game, but is also, you know, he right now is shooting at uh, 50% from the field from three, which is eighth best in the country, which is, you know, unheard of, but he plays defense. He does the little things that you want from a guy, from a teammate. And I, I think he's so important to this team. It's yeah. amazing that, I think bringing in the other guys around him and like Jark Hill and in case having a year to develop, he's kind of living up to his really high recruiting rankings. It's interesting to see. It's 
it's fun to watch him come into his own and, and like just be the player he thought it was going to be. And not so much what Tony Bennett was trying to force him into. I don't know. I, I, I really like watching Casey right now. Yeah. Burns is going to be the one that drives me the most nuts. Like his offensive game is so good. He can only run down the court so many times. He's the opposite of BJ Anya. Right? Yeah, he's yeah really, right? And, 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 he, and he like does not try to get rebounds. It's crazy. I was watching that at Landscape and I was like, is he even going to attempt to get in position to rebound the ball? Like, no. Yeah. And I just, man, I just don't understand having that much talent and coming in that out of shape. I just don't get it. And I don't understand why the staff can't. I mean, I'm sure it's actually, it's probably way better than it was like when he got here, but it it just just drives me nuts, you know? Because I'm sitting here thinking like, dude, we're gonna lose so many games just because he's gonna get boxed out, and you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. But I really like his offensive game. I just like the energy of the team. I just feel like they're playing really cohesive ball. Horchek, I like his style. Like it's just. It's obviously different when you have two um, veteran big men, even if they're not going to like check all the boxes for you. Like it's just so different seeing those guys on the court. Um, And yeah, defense looks good. I don't know, man. Like I feel like on another night, like we would have beat Kansas, like that three point shooting that (laughs) that one dude was just lighting us up. Yeah. But like, I mean, here's the thing, right? You, you know, you you went toe to toe with Kansas. You beat Dayton and Butler. Like that's all I wanted to see coming out of that thing. Um, I think, and then of course you see like the rest of the ACC looks like a freaking dumpster fire right now. So you know, you start thinking like, hey, if we can stay healthy, like this is a team that's definitely going to outperform. I already see it, man. Kevin Keats is going to get Coach of the Year if we stay healthy. F me. He's going to come in. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we'll see, man. It's just, I, I it's funny. I thought it was going to be bad. I just thought it was going to be disjointed. I'm sure this new staff is helping. Um, but just kind of shows like, right. You go get the right transfers in basketball and same thing with football. It fixes so many problems so fast. And, um, I yeah, think as long as they stay by in, is, sorry, you were trying mm-hmm. I'm going to jump in. The staff is probably one of the most important parts of uh, what they've changed the offseason and we've, we've talked about it yeah. as nauseum right it, the coaching matters and when you're bringing in a high school coach failed head coaches and a financial advisor you know you're just not setting yourself up to, to surround you know they say surround yourself with the best people yeah and now you've got some better players and i don't think they're like dramatically that more talented i think there there is some more talent but I think you're getting more out of them. Like the little things, they close out, right? So if you watch, you watch them switch on defense and they're, you know, closing out on guys, like there's more aggression and they're just getting better at it. And I don't think that comes from just getting better players. I, those little details come from getting more experienced and better coaches around them. I think that is huge to what they what they're trying to do and it's not just players like some people will lead you to believe i think they the coaching has really 
improved in that regard. Like the scheme, the schematically has changed. I think still think teams that run a good half court offense are going to give us trouble, or, mm-hmm. or teams that force us into half court offense. But we are going to push the pace on everybody offensively and defensively, and I, that is what Keats is wanting to do, and hasn't been able to execute. And for whatever reason, they're they're trying to do it now, and it's a lot of fun to watch, man. It's a lot of fun to watch these guys, you know go for steals and just play at that pace. It's where's this been, right? Just, it's just the questions like, what have you been doing all this time? Right. This is the way you've, you said you were going to play. And yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean like Keats would have a lot less grief from the fan base. If this is, had been the more consistent product. Now, maybe as Kevin Keats would tell you that cloud is gone. Right. Oh, you know, They've got, look, here's the other thing. Like, let's be real, right? NIL, I'm sure, played a factor in getting these guys as transfers. I think it's easier to reload a basketball roster, right? You're talking about 13 guys instead of 85, right? Um, And I think that's definitely a factor. And I think a lot of people are going to be interested and and happy if they keep playing like this throughout the season. Like, if if you gave me this product for a full season, I don't think anyone would be talking... Poorly about the basketball team, poorly about the staff, poorly about Keats, right? It's just what we saw the last few years was just exacerbating issues. And like you said, the I think the staff definitely has a factor. And it's you know, at the same time, like the, the players are going to respect guys that have more acumen like that than than others. Like it's just is what it is. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's fun to watch. We might actually do basketball podcasts. This is great. It'll be nice. It'd be nice to to be engaged. Um, I was watching the games. And I'm like, man, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun watching the team that is a team, right? And the way they're playing, the high energy. It's just it's different than last year, and I'm enjoying it right now. State opens with the ACC play with Friday, right? Yeah, Pitt on Friday, which should give us a little bit more of a clue, like how how legit are we, right? How how good are his this team? I don't know how good Pitt is, but at least their talent level is going to be better than uh, Dayton or well, I don't know. Maybe not Dayton, but <laughs> maybe not Bill and Mary like, and some of these other like schools. Pitt, Sorry. Dayton Pitt just lost to VCU, right? And VCU and Dayton, I think are in the same league. So like, it's actually going to be kind of interesting to see how that, that goes out. Like I'd rather be playing the Dayton and Butlers of the world than, than others. Right. Like, I don't know. We have a common opponent. They beat William and Mary 80 to 64. Yeah. Right. Um, but I think, I mean, we start, we start with Pitt on Friday, but then actually, I think, don't we go back to out of conference after that? Isn't there like, this is like, isn't this a random, maybe I'm wrong. Hold on. I'm just scanning real fast here. Yeah. There's still, yeah. Cause then we have Coppin state on Tuesday, December 6th. So I, I guess we're not into full on ACC play, I think until December 10th, if I'm looking at this right. Um, no, we have four ACC games before. 2023. So there's. Oh, no, we got Furman. That's, that's kind of weird. Yeah. I have, is, have we had that other seasons where you have like a couple ACC games and then have. We usually have like one and then nothing and then picks up ACC play later in the year. Yeah, because we've got Furman on the 13th. So it's we'll have at least two ACC games that are bookending non-conference games. Very odd. We don't get. To play in the Big Ten Challenge, but we are starting the SEC Challenge early because we get Vanderbilt in two weeks, three weeks. Is this a real thing? 
this yeah, SEC so, challenge? Yes, yeah, so okay. there's no more Big Ten <laughs> challenge. This is the last year of it. Uh, they announced that the other day that we are going to now start the ACC-SEC challenge. Good. I, Big Ten basketball sucks anyways. Yeah, so this will be this will be fun, and we get to start it off unofficially against, against Vanderbilt. Uh, Drake Thomas, third in defensive player of the year voting. So he was third in defensive player of the year voting, but doesn't get first team all ACC. <sighs> yeah. Good Who job, folks. Uh, the pit defensive tackle, Kalijah Kansi. And then I guess said Gray got second. I, I don't know. I just see the, I just see one and three. How can God, I don't know? My other issue too is you've got guys on the first team at positions, but then they also get like second and third team all purpose back positions. Yeah. Like that's bullshit. That shouldn't be. That shouldn't be the case. Like I'm yeah. sorry. Either get rid of the all purpose back or or make an exception. Like if you're if you win one of these, you get defaulted out of the others. Like it's that's complete nonsense and it takes away an accomplishment for other players i, I just it's absolute garbage also like will shipley's not an all-purpose back so i i'm also very confused by that pete samuel's reporting that west virginia is keeping neil brown so that's probably the bigger that was one of the bigger um threats to take tony gibson so it'll be interesting yeah. to see how that plays out but yeah it's all coming across the wire as we are finishing this podcast all right, that's all I got. You want anything else? Anything else you want to add? I'm sure we forgot something. Nah, man. Great uh, pod, post- great season. Yeah, it was a <laughs> roller coaster. Post your um, Spotify Wrapped list if we're on it. Uh, I know there's a couple. Um, I'm going to send a few of y'all some something if uh, if the Red and White Podcast is in your top five. So if you're listening to this, made this far, post your Spotify Wrapped list. For us, I'm I bet curious. mine is going to have uh, Inside Carolina on it because I was listening all year for hate, Sean and hate Floyd. Listening, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. I uh, I always appreciate the fact that they put out so many podcasts a week, and yet I noticed after they lost to NC State, they only put out one. Very interesting. Did you listen to it? I did. They. It's like they cannot draw the the connection. Like they they get so close, and then they're just like they just can't get there and say like. Oh, we're soft because of our university. Like they they just they can't get there. They can't understand that maybe their guys aren't evaluated properly. Maybe they aren't really four stars. Maybe they're not really five star players. You know, it's just um it's just so funny to listen to them. Like they just cannot admit the one thing that's true. And it makes sense because they make money off of people believing that uh, that star rankings are, are real and certainly not influenced by what school a guy says he's committed to. I would love to know what Mac Brown said to Dave Dorn after the post game handshake, where he puts kind of puts his hand on his chest and like gives him the old man look and looks like he's saying something very serious. I, I would love to know. Oh, I saying. think someone did like watched it live and said like, it just looks like he's saying like good game and he, oh. it's not. It's not the the picture makes it look worse. It does look super weird. It's probably trying to hold himself up so that his bowling ball and his stomach doesn't drag him down. Cedric, yeah, he looked like he ate two turkeys. I put that on Twitter. It was unbelievable. Yeah, Cedric Gray only got four votes for defensive player of the year. Wow. So who was the second? Was it the FSU guy? No, Louisville. Yasir Abdullah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's then Drake, that's... then the FSU guy, Jared first. Then Charlie I assume Thomas. the other two were first teamers. 
Jasir was, I don't know about can't see probably, probably so Drake may one player of the year and offensive player of the year. You know, what's funny about that is, um, boy, he sure looked pretty damn pedestrian when he had to play decent defenses. It's funny, like, man. It's, it's such a it's, different conversation than I don't remember what year it was 2017 or 2016. One of those years where we were pretty good and played absolutely nobody. Yeah. And all we heard all year is, ah, they didn't play anybody. They suck. Look at their schedule. And Carolina is the same thing, but they score a lot of points. They got a quarterback who's exciting. And it's just just a different narrative. Yeah. But it's the I same, mean, same thing. Drake May is good. It'll be very interesting to see, assuming he's at Carolina next year, what that second year looks like, right? Like everyone's going to be studying to take you down. You know, that's that's I always felt like that was kind of a little bit of the Sam Howell factor, right? Is Sam had just an incredible cast of characters around him, right? And then came back cratering to normal. Josh Downs won't be there. I don't think uh, Antoine Green will be there. It's going to be real interesting to see what they what they look like next year. I don't uh, I don't know what to think about Clemson right now. So who knows? I mean, I think their defense should eat them up alive. But we saw Wake Forest trounce all over them, too. Um, but I don't know, man, if you watch him these last two weeks, he looks a lot more normal and like, yeah, he makes some pretty clutch plays, but a lot of those plays that he made were, you know, like, uh, uh, Fagan, like just shuffled off the screen for some reason and gave up an easy pass. Like, I I don't think may is as good as those numbers suggest. I think he's going to look a little I don't know if I was him, I would go to Alabama or wherever. Like I, I would want to be around elite players because I don't think he's got them per se for next year at UNC. Well, he's, a, he's a freshman, right? It's just people's expectations of what you can do as a freshman is very disjointed. And I'll yeah. point back all the way to our uh, Tyler Lewis interview. I don't know how many years ago where he just said, you just don't understand how hard the transition is from even the highest levels of high school to college. And I think that's probably more of the same than in football. And while Drake may made some plays, you know, when he put up against a bunch of grown men, like our defense, it's tough for him. And I think he's really good. So I'm not going to hate on him. Like a lot of people are doing, but damn, like they just, they got so much inflated awards just because of that schedule. It's it's crazy to me. And the other factor too, right. Is his defense was giving him a lot of snaps. (laughs) <laughs> you know what I mean? Like not in a good way. And like they, they were constantly having to throw and play catch up. Right. Like, I mean, it was just damn, like put UNC in the Atlantic this year. And it's like, uh, I don't think he has nearly the numbers. Right. Like I think Clemson, Florida state, Louisville in particular, and Syracuse. Like I think it would have been a completely different day for them. Also, like, please tell me that we're going to hire Robert and I, <laughs> If we if we right. can, like right. that that would be the first thing I would do. I'd be like, look at what he did with that shitty ass talent at Syracuse. That would be my first thing if I was Dave Dorn and be like, you know, Syracuse has god awful talent, and he made them functional for six games before injuries got them. Yeah, you know. Anyways, that's all I got to say. All right. Well, we'll be back at some point. It's basketball season now. I guess we'll have to talk about the bowl game whenever that gets announced. Who's going to win the AC championship? In basketball or football? Well, football, really, but either one. Oh, okay. Um, Clemson should. Um, 
boy, I don't know. Them losing to South Carolina has me all sorts. Like I turned on that Clemson South Carolina game and it was like they, I turned it on and they had a pick six right away and I said, "All right, good night." And I stopped watching the game. And I guess so did Clemson. Um I I hope they beat the crap out of Carolina. There would nothing make me happier than to see that fraud ass team get get further exposed. Yeah, I want to watch them get curb stomped as much as I hate cheering for Clemson and Clemson winning another ACC title. Clemson's just going to, for some reason, not guard Josh Downs, and they're going to win, and it's going to be infuriating. <laughs> that's, probably, that's probably what's going to happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Got yeah, Clemson we'll guys going into the portal already, right? Like, maybe not everyone's as bought in there as usual. Ooh, chinks in Davos armor. Let's go. Mm. Well, good thing is he won't have to bring any transfers in because he doesn't believe in it. Yeah, right. Uh, they yeah. think they changed that game. Yeah. Anyway, all right. As always, thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting the pod, supporting the site. Hope you guys had a good Thanksgiving. Hope you semi-enjoyed our content over the season. It's uh, It was a roller coaster, man. It was never know what to expect. So I guess that's the way of an NC State fan. But anyway, as always, thanks for listening. Why did you just paint your camera down? I have got. I thought we were done, and I have really got to use the bathroom, man. Oh, okay. All right. As always, I was about to close. Listening. I was. I was always trying to see an email behind the screen. That's what really was happening. If I post this video, the last like ten seconds is just a wheel crotch. Yeah. I just do yeah. it anytime I need you to end. <laughs> All right, y'all. Uh, go back. Go back. I was raised by the waves.